You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Another episode. Another wrestler. You know, this podcast wasn't created with the intent to just be a wrestling podcast, but being as entrenched in the wrestling community as I am and loving the sport like I do, I do want to share these conversations and give access to some of the absolute best in the sport. Whether you're a wrestling fan or not, I do hope there's a lot you can take away from these episodes. And listen, rest assured, we've got some non-wrestlers lined up to do the show. Today, though, a New Jersey legend, 2019 NCAA champion with Rutgers, Anthony Ashnault stops by. Before we get into it with Anthony, though, let's roll the intro. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I love that intro. All right, let's bring in Anthony to the conversation. Anthony, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on, man? Excited to be on. You, you've had a busy summer. And I know this because like we, we, didn't, we just became friends a few months ago. We worked on your website. We were doing the Scrap Life stuff. So I'm still learning the Anthony, the Anthony Ashnault story. Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit, like, take me back just a little bit to, like, when you were younger, how it started. Because I'm curious at that backstory. Like, all I really know is you collegiately. Right. And Don kind of filled me in because he's obviously the Don of New Jersey wrestling. So he knows, and, and he's always said, like, Anthony's literally one of the biggest names, one of the biggest faces, one of the biggest personalities in Jersey. But take me back to, like, younger, like, how it started. I'm curious yeah, about man. that. Well, like, I had, I feel like I had a lot of, a big advantage, like, a lot of wrestlers that come from, like, families of wrestlers where it's, you got an older brother and an older cousin that's a couple years older and you're going to the tournaments. I feel like I was... The three three year old, four year old, five year old kid with the Game Boy on the side of the mat. Like <laughs> I didn't be on the bleachers with kids my age playing wall ball and stuff. And like I was just always exposed to the to high level wrestling. I mean, my older brother was six years older than me, so by the time he's getting to high school states, I'm only in like fifth grade and I get to be in not just going, but I'm invested. I wanna see him do well and I, I'm looking, like absorbing all these uh, techniques that I probably didn't even think that I was, but it was just almost like natural because I was so invested in what uh, my brother, people in my family were wrestling. I grew up in a town of South Plainfield where it's like the numbers for wrestling are almost more than Pop Warner football and baseball. It's like, it's the sport. And it was just fun. It was always like a good time. It was fun. It was going to practice with my friends. It wasn't like, are you ma- why are you making me go to practice? It was like, can I go to more practices? Like, why is there only two practices a week? I want to go more. Like that, that was just always what it was like for me. It was easy. And, uh, I think a lot of it came from like a family that was wrestling and I was just around it without like they had to pull me back more than I was pulling myself back. So then you said it came easy for you, which, which it seems like, I mean, you're a natural, it seems. But at what point would you say, 
it it wasn't so easy, or did you always feel like you were ahead of that curve where it was easier for you than most? I was definitely ahead of that curve, and like until high school, and then high school. I mean, like I also feel like I I put in the work and the time, and like when it started going from like just a little kid having fun to having real life goals and like winning a state championship, so I could go to better colleges and wrestle in Division One. Like when it started becoming real life, I feel like. Yeah, I might have had an advantage, but at that point, it's like, if you don't work hard, talent will, talent's not going to get you there alone. You know, you got to still put the work in, and you still got to do things that you got to do to be a champion. You can't just be gifted and like go all the way to the highest level and, and accomplish your lifelong goals. I felt like so. Yeah, I might have had a head start my whole life, but at the end of the day, once I got to like high school, I feel like you know that curve is like the same. Everyone, everyone has equal playing field, equal opportunities, and that's how I feel about it. And then you were the first four-time undefeated New Jersey State champion, right? Yeah. Did yeah. you feel like there was a lot of pressure maybe after like one year or two years of it? Were you still having fun doing it? Or did it start feeling like there was pressure or what? It was it was a cool experience for sure. Like uh, That was like the first time I felt like I was prepared for maybe what I faced this year in college, trying to be like the first Rutgers national champ with Nick Soriano and um that kind of pressure I was kind of prepared for it because my senior year of high school man it was like people coming to my practice like every other day asking me questions like it got to the point like I'm not this kind of kid at all but it got to the point where I was telling news news people after my match being a 17 year old kid who should probably enjoy that kind of experience I was like I'll talk to you after the season like I didn't I just got to the point where I was like this is a really big goal of mine but you guys are just making it like taking my love out of the sport a little bit kind of thing like you know I, I just really took myself out of it as much as I could and went to practice worked hard and outside of that I tried to like get my mind distracted but it was it was so much uh pressure around it but it was it's cool man because at the same time I looked at it like not everyone has that opportunity you know and pressure can make diamonds or it could break you and did you feel like there was I mean there, it's funny there's so many different in, in talking to, to Jordan yesterday about it your your mindset changes when you're you know for him we were talking about the fact that when he was the first world team he was a single kid then it was like okay now he's married now it's like okay i've got two kids your mindset changes in your and even when you're young and you're in practice you just go for two and a half hours expecting nothing like you don't know what to expect you just know you're gonna get your butt whooped and then you're going home no other thoughts and then you so you have these challenges and they're so different because back then it was Okay, there's pressure to be a four-time undefeated state champ. I can't lose. I got to be four times, all that. And then you had setbacks in college like an injury. Now you have a, going to make an Olympic team at a weight that's just stacked. Like It feels like you, you keep getting such different fields of adversity. Do you yeah. deal with it the same? I think it, you just get your mind gets molded, like more molded and more molded to a point where it just like, you're like David Goggins and you just feel like, like a hard human shell, like this, all this adversity gets thrown at you, but it doesn't phase you. It phases you less and less as you get older. And I feel like more experienced, more mature, like not, in, not in everything in my life, but like <laughs> for, for wrestling, at least I feel like it's something I was very consistent in. And I just kept growing and growing my mind, growing my body spiritually. And just like really just making that mold so hard that if adversity gets thrown at me, no matter what it is, just having that strong, strong belief that I could get through it and I could, like, envision myself getting to where I want to get to. And uh, I was telling the kids today, like, 
at a clinic, you know, like just because you're not better than someone lining up across the mat does not mean you can't go beat someone. Like you could have the belief, you could have a great game plan. Like you could not, there's upsets every, every year in the national tournament and every sport, no matter what it is. So it's like that kind of mindset, you know, adversity gets thrown at you. It doesn't matter. Like it, things don't have to go perfect for you to get to where you want to get to. It's going to make you better. And when you say you're, you know, I'm always fascinated like when you say you're, you're growing spiritually and there, there takes a lot of accountability and self-awareness. What do you do to get that? Like, you know, at this point right now, you know that, okay, I have to be better than I was in college where I had to be better than I was in high school. Now, next year, I'm going to have to go out, be guys like Zane, Yanni, a stacked field. Like, how do you continue to grow spiritually? How do you continue to have more awareness that lets you continue to you know you mold your mind but i'm imagining you mold it with different things kind of like in school you, you have a, a one goal but your curriculum's different to keep building it yeah yeah well so i i my junior going into senior season of college i had two surgeries where i had to take a medical venture year and i had a labrum and bicep uh, tendon surgery in my right shoulder and they scoped out my bursa sac in my left knee but it ended up getting infected so i had to get two surgeries for it like it was just a big mess. It was supposed to be a one-month total recovery for it. It ended up being like five months. Um, but during that process, it was like, I think the most I've ever grown spiritually and mentally. I went to like a low place where I was like, I'm just going to graduate college and not even wrestle my senior year. Like, I don't even care anymore. And like all the pressure I had my whole life just hit me in those, in those kind of few first few weeks of those surgeries, just like the emotions like, damn, like I didn't realize how, all the pressure that was really there because I got to just kind of grind through it. A little bit and then like when it sat in it settled in i was like i didn't accomplish being a national champion yet. i did some great things that was a two-time big 10 champ at the time and i was just like you know what like i don't even know if i love this sport anymore um and then it like you go through weeks you start getting i started getting better healthier and like i'm i started reading for the first time like kind of motivational books like like mindset books napoleon uh napoleon hill and things like that and I was just like getting different mindsets like okay what do I want to do in my life do I want to coach college wrestling do I want to do I want to get back and compete do I want to move on and work in New York City like Philadelphia like I have a great area where I live in a great community that I kind of networked well I could have a lot of options and then as it set in I was like I don't I felt like I was um, needing wrestling during all that time before that and now like my mindset just started changing. I started wanting it back. I like, I wanted to wrestle. I wanted to, I wanted all those pressures again. And I want, like, I started missing, like taking my mind to the spot where I was never going to have it again, made me miss, like miss that grind and miss that, like totally. that fight, that fight where people didn't believe in me. And I wanted to prove them wrong a little bit. Like that was like, that's one thing that I really love. Like when, when I have a stack 65 kilogram weight class and like, I'm not dumb. I know deep down a lot of people probably don't think Anthony Ashton's going to be the guy. But, like, that's cool to me, like, that I could go make that happen because I really do believe in myself. So right. it, that's cool to me that, like, people are probably counting me out. Like, and they've done it my whole life, and it's cool. Like, that really motivates me the most. But it's funny because, you know, you're in, I think, one of the most unique wrestling areas in the country where it's like somebody nationally might be counting you out. But New Jersey wrestling fans are a world of their own. Yeah. There is no, like, we were... Jordan and I were talking about the fact that when he can be in a wrestling arena, he's probably the most known wrestler there is. But you step outside of that arena and barely gets recognized. Right. And the same can probably be said for you in that realm where you're a legacy in New Jersey. 
Like you see that we release mobbing gear and you got 75, 100, 125, 150 people buying shirts like within days posting pictures nonstop. Like I believe if you asked a lot of those people what's going to happen at the Olympic trials, 100% they're going to say you're going to tech the field. Like they're, 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 they're such a love. Do you feel that? Like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say, do you feel the love? Because obviously that's, that's a given, but there is, and and I believe I remember that you turned down like Penn State, Iowa, all those schools to stay in Jersey. Do you feel like that's your advantage? Like you have Jersey in your in your corner. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Like I'm going to these these clinics and like like these kids are just like some of them are like starstruck a little, and it's like I think of myself as just like a normal person, and like like Jordan saying like you walk out of the wrestling arena, no one notices you, and they're like. Sometimes you go to these clinics and you see these little kids and they're memorized and like the parents are memorized and the mom wants to take a picture and it's like, whoa, it's like I didn't even realize like you have all these influence like the when I started doing clinics in college, it's probably the first time I realized like, okay, like this is like a lot bigger than just me that I stayed in New Jersey and I, I did it for Rutgers like this year, especially like I'm after nationals and doing these clinics, it's like these kids are just like, they don't even know who I am, but they're so invested in just like being a part of the, being a part of that culture. And it's sick, man. Like you, you go around New Jersey, winning a national champ, being a national champ for New Jersey. I just think it like, it goes so much farther than maybe some of the guys that are two time national champs, three time national champs out there. Like, like honestly, I go around New Jersey and a lot of people will recognize who I am and, and stop me, not just in the wrestling community, but, uh, wrestling in new jersey is is a good culture so it's like it's all over the place and people were you know after you won ncaa's people are tweeting about that like you don't understand winning one ncaa championship in new jersey is equivalent to winning three ncaa championships maybe like at penn state or iowa or at a school where it's, it's more expected so yes. you don't get as much credit because it's like okay, Iowa has another national champ. Okay, Penn State has another national champ. It doesn't get as celebrated. And I think from what you went through in in Soriano, and this year for New Jersey wrestling, it's just it has to be one of the biggest years in New Jersey wrestling history. Between you and Soriano winning NCAAs, you had, what, Makai Lewis is from Jersey. He won NCAAs. Anthony Kassar. Yeah, Kassar. You have, like, you know, 40% of the NCAA champs are from Jersey, and then you have... You have Graf and, and Downey at the NJRTC making the world team um, so much. Does that influence what you want to do both, you know, while you're still competing and after? Well, yeah, it does. But, it, like, to be honest, at this point in my career, what I've done, like, I really wanted to still – I wanted to be at Rutgers at this point. Like, I'm yeah. willing to – I'm kind of willing to, uh, to like, wait – wait around or like do what I have to do to make sure that like if I want to coach at Rutgers like coach it's going to probably be at Rutgers and yeah. like that's that's what I want to do that's where like I see my vision going so uh yeah like it's awesome that NJRTC is there but they could have a hole in the wall there <laughs> I think I'd be there you know like I, yeah I'm just, I'm just committed that's that's me it's part of who I am and I think they feel the same way and when you say that if you were wrestling like when you were in that dark place and you would just go to New York City or Philly. I'm curious, what would you do? Like, did you have your mind on something, or was it just the excitement of the cities? Like, it was just like the excitement of the network because we have awesome uh, donor alumni kind of association with yep. the Scarlet Knights Wrestling Club, NJRTC. A lot of guys involved in different kind of businesses. 
it's like, no, I mean, my major wouldn't have been anything I probably would have been going to do, but like, I knew I could figure it out and like probably do well financially if I wanted to do something like that. So then do, do you have, aside from coaching, do you have other specific goals of things you want to accomplish? Like, I know you want to be a world champion. I know you want to be an Olympic champion. Do you have other things you want to do? Like, do you have either business aspirations or things you want to do on the business side that you're like looking forward to? I don't really, I'm trying to figure that out. Like if I want to, like, I still don't even know if I really want to coach college or if I want to like, I definitely want to be coaching wrestling, whether it's at college level or like opening up an academy or like a wrestling club of my own. That's like the decision right now. I feel like I'm playing with, I'm in school for sports, like business sports administration. So in my master's program. So like at the end of the day, in 20 years, if I'm done with it, I could kind of go into an administration role. It's like, that would be a long-term plan. Like on paper that looks good and it sounds good but like to be honest like i just want to be around wrestling right now like in the next five ten years i want to be around it and helping and definitely working with the highest level of athlete and i imagine too like especially within jersey like you're idolized you're look at you're looked at like you you're at the pinnacle like you've done it you've made it do you do you still feel like you have a lot to prove from a standpoint of you know it's obviously it's hard to be hungry when you're full and when you've had success do you stay that hungry for the next step like i imagine after you know you have such an amazing accomplishment at the high school level now at the collegiate level is it i can't fathom because i've never had success that high so i don't know what it's like like hit a pinnacle and then you know try to stay hungry for that next pinnacle well there's a couple there's a couple layers to that answer like like the foremost in my mind is I'm in. A, I'm. I had surgery three months ago, so I I haven't been wrestling in three months. I haven't been like lifting like I like to lift, but I like I've been able to stay in shape, but not as not what I'm used to. So like the hunger to wrestle is there. Like I haven't been on the mats. I'm watching all these guys make world teams. I'm watching two of my teammates at NJRTC do well. Like, and another layer to it, I'm seeing two of my NJRTC athletes make the world team. I'm training with those guys. Like, I'm I'm kind of used to being the guy. Like I want to be the guy. Like. Not yeah. that I'm not that I'm envious. Like I'm ha- very very happy. I want them to win world me- world gold medals this year and and be the guy in the Olympics as well. But like like also I want to be doing that and I want to be doing that for Rutgers and like for myself and accomplishing my life goals. So there's that too. That's the hunger of seeing them. And the last layer I feel like is seeing like all these really good guys at 65 kilograms do well and like people kind of like probably like okay Ashton was supposed to win the Nationals this year ranked number one, beat Claude's like pretty handily, Jordan three times. But people haven't seen National like Russell, Yanni, Zane, Jordan Oliver, like Frank Monero, Iron Man, yeah. like like I never I never consistently beat those kind of guys yet. So I'm really excited to like get my hands in there and, and dabble in that in that weight. Because that's a that's a new challenge in its entirety, I guess, when you have a new when you have a new field of competitors that you can now go after, it's, it's different. Like you said, you're focused on Jordan um, and Kolodzik, and, and now you have a different category. Do you do you adjust your mentality for that, or do you double down on what you did? You know, even though the the field of competitors is different, do you double down on what you ha- trained your mentality to be to beat those other guys? I got I got I got work I got to put in. I know I I have wrestling skills I need to improve. I like have areas I need to get better in with flexibility and things and I know I feel like I'm aware of what they are. I'm 
also trust my coaches. Uh, but at the same time, like I was competing with those guys. So my mentality is that I'm ready when I'm ready to clear. Like, I don't care if I get beat up in practice. Like I'm going into the match with Zane and I'm thinking I'm beating him with Yanni, like thinking I'm getting my hand raised at the end. I could train yeah. for two, two days and I think I'd still like believe that. Like, of course I'll have negative thoughts about it, but like I could usually combat them pretty quickly at this point in my life to make them positive thoughts. And um, I wrestled, I wrestled with those with like Zane my whole life too. So that makes me confident too. Like I yeah. saw him, I, I wrestled him through high school. Obviously he's a different kid now, but like, um, some things don't change, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. And, and when you speak of like positivity, do you I imagine that like you have two extreme opposites, you know, like we talked about how Jersey is completely behind your corner and you talk about how you have other people who are probably completely completely writing you off. And didn't you was it last year in college that you just kind of deleted your social accounts? Yeah. What led to that? Was it like negativity or was it just a distraction or what led to that? It was more of a distraction. Like college, you got a lot of different things going on and I just wanted to like. My goal was to win the NCAA title. I felt pressure from it. I went through a lot of different ups and downs mentally about it, about yeah. just kind of obsessing over it, making like making it something that's totally not like making it like a godly thing when it's not just being wrestling in general and winning a title. So really, it was just like I gotta, I gotta just like love this sport this year. Like I want to enjoy my teammates, my last year. Like you don't, like I get to go compete for something greater, United States of America, but. You don't have teammates like you do in college and high school ever again. Like that, I'm not going to get those moments back. I just felt like I didn't do what I wanted to do in the first five years with that kind of stuff. As a team, as a leader on the team, like, and I just wanted to take advantage and be the guy and really like accomplish my full potential. Really, I felt like I, I never went out in a match and like really let it rip and and felt free. And then like, this whole year, it just felt great to go out and just crush it. And then after the season, I. Put, I put my social media back up and it popped off and now it's definitely a big distraction too but at this point in my life I kind of need it for where I, what I'm doing um, I need to be like I have a big fan base and I like that they can see what I'm doing and I can see what they're doing they're posting mobbing shirts I'm posting them up on my stuff yeah. honestly it creates a it creates a bigger fan base for myself as well so it's good it does and I think you know it's another thing Jordan and I were discussing is trying to you have to use social media nowadays to grow your brand. Otherwise, there's wrestlers who they don't do it, and the minute they're done competing, the relevancy goes away. And now you, now you, you didn't do all that you could to set yourself up to maybe, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to have a goal to go buy a jet, but you can have a goal to say, while I'm as relevant as I'm ever going to be right now, let me try to do as much as I can to set myself up to take care of my future family, future yeah. kids, all that. That's and what I think about doing these camps every day. Yeah. And it's like trying to figure out how to athletes growing up, like my generation, even I'm only 33, but I didn't grow up with social media. Like I grew up trying to figure out the whole internet, not, not social media. Now these athletes come up and these guys in college right now have 50, 70, 80. So I think Soriano's got like a hundred thousand followers. It's nuts. It's like, it's a whole nother level of, of competing where you now have to worry about what you're doing. And from a brand standpoint, if you want to set yourself up, I don't think we're in a world anymore. We're just winning. Winning gets you there, right? Like it you used to be or something. right because there's you, you have it's more about 
okay, this guy's engagement is this or that. We want to get a huge return. And now if a brand or a business is looking at it from a return standpoint, so it's it's an interesting point. Are, are you, I don't want to say are you worried about it, but have you given thought to managing your social? No, more like managing your social while you go try to compete for the Olympic trials. You know, like this goal is as big as your other goals. And I think it's now kind of more of a requirement that you got to be on social, right? So yeah, it's going to, it's going to start changing to like me working out and me like at wrestling practice and like more things of me, like actually like with the vision of winning the Olympics, not with the vision of helping kids and, yeah. and recovering and going to PT and going to different places and showing face. It's like, that's kind of just the phase I'm in right now. And it's a good thing I'm hurt. Cause I could get it all out of the way and crush it and, when a time comes in probably like September when I can start really pushing that I'm gonna and like I'll be ready to go and wrestle and it's probably going to be a little distraction because like think about it I wrestled the best I wrestled ever and I had no social media so I mean I'm sure I'm gonna have to go through ups and downs and learn what I got to do but you know I got a great team of people that will like friends and different people that tell me straight to my face like issues or problems in my life so I don't really think think it'll be the end of like that difficult to manage and do it do the job with it and <clears throat> excuse me are you still in classes at rutgers when do you yeah, i have one more semester of grad school so when's that end in like december january something like that December, early december and then you do like a work study for one whole semester like yeah. it's a six credit kind of internship but you could get paid so that'll be nice, too, that once you're healed up and you really get to start going in September and into October, you're also getting to that point come, like, December where classes are going to die out and you can finally stop. Classes are, like, yeah, they're, they're real, the classes in grad school, it's more open conversation and learning, like, in the classroom, I feel like. So like, grad school has been a lot better than me to me than, like, undergrad. Undergrad, I felt like I was in more, like, open lecture halls where it's, like, I had to learn learn stuff on my own and yeah, in grad school, bro, they want they want to see you succeed. They want to see you get your dream job. So it's like it's it's very motivating. You know? So it's not it's not really a distraction then from it's it helps me in my really? like we have guest speakers all the time that are NFL players. Like we've had some really good people come in and different topics that we talk about. It's it's a sports business program, so it it ties right in. Yeah, that that's interesting. I'm trying to think of anything else other like distraction wise, like the differences going from your collegiate career. It's kind of nice too. For me, I know I would probably like that too because I don't like change. So I would like the consistency of not having to change my whole life and get get in my own head about changing things up. Like I know some people, especially in sports, are neurotic about doing things different because they're like, no, this is the way I do it. This is the way I do it. I got to do it this way. Um, is there anything else that you're going to do like different or maybe the same leading up next year to the Olympics and Olympic trials? Uh, I'm, I'm feeling less nervous than I've ever felt about comp competing. Yeah. Like, like this year, I, it was sometimes almost hard to get like excited for matches. I'd be so like just low and, um, but like, it was cool because it just felt like practice some of the times. Like I just felt like I was going out there. I was loving what I was doing, but it was like another day. And I was just like grinding and going through, crushing it. And uh, like, even though I got the, I'm gonna have face the best competition probably I've ever faced. Gonna be the toughest challenges I've faced. I'm more excited than like I'm like, I want to see how good I am. Like, can I beat like these guys by eight points, ten points? Like, 
I kind of believe I can. Like, I haven't seen it yet because I haven't done it, but I want to see. I want to see if I can. Like, I believe in myself to get to that point. So it's exciting to see where I can get to. Yeah, that's interesting. Last thing, then I'll let you go. I know you're busy. What are you? What are you looking forward to coming up? You know, is it all eyes right now just on the Olympics? Is there other stuff, or is it just what you're looking forward to and what your focus right now is Olympics and just that? Uh, no, I say the most thing I'm looking forward to is getting the chance to like just be a guy that helps my teammates this year. Like, I'm excited to coach those guys a lot. Like, there's some of the guys that like really helped me just being a workout partner that I just kind of want to get back to. And, yeah. Like there's days I went in there and maybe I beat them up or something. Like it was, <laughs> it was my practice kind of thing. Like, and I'm just looking for the opportunity to like, I want to see those guys succeed. Like maybe a 49 pounder or 41 pounder, like Jojo Aragon has hit me up every week. And like, I just can't train yet. And I like, I want to go go in there and help his technique and whatever I could do with them. And if I need to be like a mentor kind of guy, like I, that's, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's interesting. It's also well, like I left. I feel like I left Rutgers in this place where like we could do some really, really cool things. So I want to make sure that happens. Yeah, the the attention is definitely on New Jersey right now. I think more than anywhere in the country, you know, you, you have Iowa's like always so close. Penn State right now is so dominant, but you have like a lot of excitement coming from New Jersey at all levels, especially yeah. with what, what Rutgers is doing on a collegiate level. So. Yeah, it'll Can be we interesting. Talk that, that AJ Ferrari commitment, man. He's got to make a commitment. I can't keep looking at his stories. <laughs> <laughs> this is unreal. <laughs> how 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 far away you think he is from making a decision? Dude, I don't know. What is this turning into? College football. It's, it's, that's it's, what last year. I remember getting into an argument. I won't mention his name, but last year there was a kid taking pictures at different schools. And I, I said something, and I wasn't trying to be disrespectful at all. I'm just like, it's so foreign to me. I've never had that success, so I can't comment on it. But I'm like, you're taking pictures at a college you may not even go to, like in their uniforms? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I've never been there, so I obviously can't comment <laughs> yeah. on it with, with certainty. But it's definitely a weird thing to look at and, and yeah. try to understand. But I guess, listen, the more hype, I guess, the better for the sport. That kind of stuff always just turned me off. Like, there was coaches that'll, like, send – when you're getting recruited, they'll send you, like, your mural on the wall of the national champion. I thought that was what? freaky. <laughs> One coach sent me that, and the next day I called that, that school, and I was like, I'm not interested. And he's like, why? And I was just like, just not interested. But, like, really deep down, I was like, I felt weirded out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Re- recruiting is uh, – recruiting is a game. It's definitely, like, a lifestyle. It's hard to – uh, so many different personalities of high school kids now. You like have to play different, uh, different roles. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a different athlete, I feel. Like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, man. Well, listen, I know you're at the shore, so I'll let you head outside and yeah. uh, relax a bit. So, listen, thank you for uh, taking the time to come on today. Thanks, bro. Thanks for having me, man. You can see why Anthony is so popular, especially within New Jersey. He's an awesome kid, just very down-to-earth, and especially from a wrestling standpoint, he's hard to root against. Going back to the beginning of this podcast real quick, while I'm not sure if this podcast will just be wrestlers, I do want to keep the wrestling train rolling a little bit. I'll give you a spoiler, let you know that the next episode will be another NCAA champion, and he's got a hell of a story too. That champion being Seth Gross. Seth has such a story of redemption. It's going to be another good one. As for today, though, that's the show. (laughs) 